Well, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed Mike Parker's story as much as I've enjoyed just watching him come alive. And uh, can I, I just wanna encourage you, if you are watching today and you have not joined a Life Together group here at K2 The Church, if at this point, maybe you've just started watching our services since COVID online, um, and we just wanna let you know, because we've been saying this for 16 years of K2's existence, the real life, as Mike said, of the church is once you get into relationships. Um, it's so worth it to do that. And so, please, we would love for you, you can click on the links, uh, just next steps, and give us your name and contact information and um, how we can get a hold of you and just say, hey, I would love to be, I'm very interested in getting connected in life together. And so, um, do that, and I, I guarantee you, it'll be worth it. Like Mike said, relationships are worth it. <laughs> um, so last week, I got news um, from back in Michigan, where I'm from, that my dad had actually uh, called for an ambulance as he was really struggling to breathe. When he finally got into the hospital, they realized that his kidney numbers, he's, he's had bad kidneys for a while, but his kidney numbers are really, really low. Um, and so there was a bunch of fluid that was gathering around his lungs. And then as they did further tests, um, they also found out that he uh, has been diagnosed with con congestive heart failure. So my dad's 85 years old and he's lived a great life. And right now his body is just saying it's tired. And so... Um, I'm in communication with my family, with his wife, because I can tell you right now, I'm going back to see my dad. And that relationship to me is of so much value. It, it doesn't matter. It's worth it <laughs> to spend any price on a plane ticket. It's worth it to have to cancel anything else I'm doing. There's really nothing else that could stop me from getting back to Michigan to see my dad because it's worth it to me to see him. And you guys, we, we, we get this in our relationships. It's true for every one of us who's pursued another person towards marriage. When you, when you find that person that you want to spend the rest of your life with, man, they, un, they all of a sudden have inestimable worth. Their worth is off the charts. <laughs> it's worth it to you not to sleep it's worth it to you to give up other activities and time with other people. It's worth it to you to spend exorbitant money on dates or gifts or travel to be with them. You are communicating when you find that person you wanna spend the rest of your life with as you're pursuing them. What you're doing by the way that you live is you're communicating you are so worth it to me. You are worth giving my entire life to. So here's the question I have for us today. What is a relationship with God worth to you? How worthy is God to you? How valuable? So let me just take a second here and let's just think about God. This is a pretty vast person we're talking about. How valuable is he? Well, God is your creator. The fact that you even exist is only because he thought of you. God is the one that's actually sustained you. The fact that you're even watching this, that you're still breathing today. We, we know that God is the one who gives us our breath every single day. God is our savior. 
He's the one who, even though we wanted nothing to do with him, almost every human being starts off with God not being very worthy, not having much worth to us. We just want to do our own thing. And then the craziest thing, God says, but you're worth it to me. So he comes, he literally saves us from a life separate from him, pays the price through Jesus Christ for that. He's your savior. And I, you know, we've all seen like saving private Ryan when, when somebody actually saves another person's life, that person's worth and their value is so high to him. He's your creator. He gives you life. He's your savior. Jesus says, if you believe in me, he goes, you will never thirst again. He says, I came to give you life and complete and utter satisfaction, life to the full. He's God. And, and, and just by definition, God, he means he is the center of existence. Everybody truthfully has a God, which means it's the thing that you worship. It's the thing that you devote yourself to. It's the thing, whatever in your life matters the most to you. Well, well he's the one true God. And so how worthy is that relationship with God to you? And so today, my goal for all of us is that we would maybe get some spiritual smelling salts and that our eyes would be opened again to God and how valuable he is and how worthy he is and that our life would show that that relationship with God, just like it is to my dad, to Susie when I pursued her, but this is God and he's worth it. God is worth it. So before I read the scripture, let me just pray for us before we dive in here. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you might use your word today to open the eyes of our heart, that we would be, uh, some of us would be reminded, some of us might see you for the first time, but that you would open the eyes of our heart, that we would see you, that we would see how beautiful you are, how glorious you are, how wonderful you are, how worth it you are to be in relationship with you. So Father, you know everybody who's watching this, you know how to speak to them, how to woo them, and I pray that you do that today in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I am just gonna unpack just two verses today. Um, it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. And when I read these uh, earlier this year, because this series of this title is From the Heart, <clears throat> man, this, this passage hit me deeply and I can't wait to share it with you. Here's what Paul says. And by the way, again, he's saying this to the Thessalonians who he called the model church. I mean, he's saying these are people who are killing it in their faith. And so here's what he says to them. You know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and he calls you into his glory. I urge you, live lives worthy of God. Now here's what's interesting. This word worthy is a term that was actually used, it, it, it literally meant to tip the scale. And so basically you'd have, you know, you can picture one of those scales with the two uh, weights on either side. And if you have one side that's super heavy, then 
this word worthy meant that you put enough onto the other side of the scale to equal it out. And then as soon as those two things would become equal, that was when you would use this word and you would say, okay, this is now worthy of this. And so um, when I, uh, speaking of engagement, when I um, was ready to ask Susie to marry me and I went out to buy her engagement ring, this is kind of crazy, I know, but when I was in high school, um, I had four bottles and I would fill them up. One was for pennies, one nickels, one dime, and one quarters. And I just started throwing coins in those bottles. And I did not get engaged until I was 33. So probably for about 18 years, I gathered change. And I made a decision, actually when I was in high school, which is the craziest thing, I made a decision in high school that I was gonna use that money to buy my wife's engagement ring. So I've always wondered if that's why God made me wait till I was 33 to get married <laughs> so I'd have enough money. But here's, here's, here's what's true. I made that decision when it came time to buy Susie's engagement ring that I was not going to purchase anything that was over that amount of money. So you can imagine, right? I go into all these jewelry stores and I see these amazing rings and they say, here's this ring, it's beautiful. And it is beautiful. And then here's the weight of that ring. And then I go, here's how much I can afford. And you, th you throw my amount on the scale and you know, it wouldn't move it. And, and how many jewelers had to come back and say to me, yeah, I just, I can't sell you that for that price. It's worth more than that. And then when I finally found a ring and worked with this guy to get him to lower the price and lower the price, I put my price and then eventually they matched. You guys, that's this word. You are giving something that's worth the value of something else. And here's what Paul is saying. Guys, I'm urging you, live a life. Live, live in such a way that it's worthy of God. That is a phenomenal thought and an amazing thing for us to think through this morning. Is my life reflect the value and the worth of God? So if you think about this, you guys, we could, we could flip this around, like flip the engagement around. Can you imagine someone saying, hey, I'm pursuing you towards marriage and yet they don't ever have time for a date? You know, they, they, they come and they say, hey, you know, actually I'm playing softball with the guys and I found this great deal on these golf clubs. So I really don't have any money to really take you out. And uh, they never call you, but then you finally get a text from them and they say, hey, um, something canceled tonight. And I'm actually free. You know, maybe we could go out. I, I, I think we could do Chick-fil-A. Come on. I mean, if, <laughs> if that person was saying, hey, I'd like to pursue you towards marriage, you would say, there is no way it's not worth it. And I, I just want to ask you today, if you are going to put God on the scale and how much time, how much love, how much devotion, how much resource, how much of your life, if people look at your life, does it say, wow, you are living in such a way that's worthy of God. Now, how does your devotion show that? See, because here's what Paul is saying. You guys, show God that he's worth it. <laughs> show God with your life that he's worth it. 
So I, I wanna start here in Galatians chapter two, verse 20, because this is super important. In Galatians 2.20, Paul says this. He goes, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul's saying, I am, earlier in this passage, he says, I am crucified with Christ. The life I now live, I live for, for God. He's saying, I'm trying to live a life worthy of God. But you know why I'm doing that? Because Jesus loved me and he gave himself for me. So here's a great thought for you today. Every one of you, whether you're seeking, whether you don't really believe in God or whether you've been following him your whole life, listen to this, how much value does Jesus place on your life? How worth, how worthy is your life on the scale? Apparently for Jesus to show you how valuable you are, he had to actually give his life. He gave his life for your life. That is what Jesus is saying to you. And I'm telling you, man, that is amazing news. And so if that's how Jesus sees you, he goes, you are so valuable that I'll give my life for you. Then we turn around and here's what he says about having a relationship with him. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 37 and 39, he says this, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for me and my sake, you'll find it. Now, I'm, I just want to ask you a real quick question. As I read that passage because I feel it. Did that feel harsh to you? <laughs> Did that feel almost like, are you kidding me? I can't believe what Jesus is demanding of me. I feel, this feels like unbelievable he's asking this of me. And yet, let me, just, let me just remind you of something. This is exactly what you do when you decide to marry somebody. If you actually are a healthy person who's gonna give your life to another person for the rest of your life, you better love them more than you love your mother and father. If you love your mom and dad more than you love the person you're gonna spend the rest of your life with, man, that relationship is not going to work. And so this is just the reality. And then when we think of Jesus saying, if you don't love me more than your father and mother, we're like, man, I can't believe you're asking that of me. All he's saying is, I love you so much that I'll give everything for you. And so if that's my, if that's my devotion to you, for you to live in a way that's valuable, that's worthy of me, then you and I need to love each other in the same way. Man, I just want to tell you, it is amazing when you get married and someone literally says, like Susie says, Dave, I'm saying no to every other guy in the world for you. I'm loving you more than any other person on this planet. Man, I tell you, that shows value. 
And healthy marriages are only the marriages where people actually do what the Bible says. Leave your mother and father and cleave to your spouse. Cleave to them. And by the way, if you love your kids more than you love your spouse, it messes everything up. You're supposed to love them? Yeah, but not more than your spouse. And this is what Jesus is saying. And so what does he say? He said, if you lose your life for me, he goes, the way that I lost my life for you. And if that happens, then the scales actually even out. And so what he says is, look at this again. He says, whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. What he's saying is, if I love you this much, and if you, I gave my life for you, if you give your life for me, then you, this equals out, and you find your life. Because life is being in union with God. And so how do we even the scales? How, how do we actually do this? How do, we, how do we lose our life for him? In other words, how do we live a life worthy of God? Well, in the scripture, it said in this passage, it said, he calls you into his kingdom and glory. So if we're like this, then Jesus is saying, here's what I'm asking you to do. God says, I'm calling you and it calls. So he didn't call you one time. He calls you even today into his kingdom and into his glory. And if you respond to that call, that's how you live a life worthy of God. So what do you do? You give your life for his kingdom. You give your life for his kingdom. He says, I'm calling you into my kingdom. That's what I call you into. Well, what's a kingdom? It simply means where he's the king. <laughs> Jesus becomes your king. In other words, he becomes the most important person in your life. You follow him, you trust him, you look to him, you obey him. And what Jesus is saying, what the scripture tells us is that's how you live a life worthy of God because God is the king and he calls you into his kingdom. So you can just ask yourself right now, are you following him? Do you trust him? Are you devoted to him? Do you, do you obey his commands? He says, because he says, anyone who loves me obeys my commands. So that's the first thing you can, can ask yourself. When Paul's urging you to live a life worthy, he's saying that means to live worthily means I see him as the king because God called me to that. And then the second thing is he says, he, you, you give your life for his glory. He goes, live a life worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and into his glory. Now, most people go, well, what in the world does that mean? So let me, let me just say this. When your life is in his kingdom and you are following him, walking with him, being in union with him, then what happens is you become equal in glory. Your life equals the life of Christ. And man, when you're living like Jesus, it's glorious. <laughs> and that's it. He calls you into his glory, but we, the Bible tells, you know, John says, we've seen the glory of the one and only. In other words, we've seen the glory of God and it's Jesus. So you can actually, the life of Christ is the glory of God. And so when, when the Bible says, when God says he's calling you into his glory, what he's saying is, I'm calling you into my life. Because when Jesus walked the planet, we got to see 
what it is for a human being to be glorious. In fact, that's what a disciple is. Just by definition, a disciple is someone who says, I am gonna follow you. I'm gonna learn from you so that I can emulate you so that I can look like you. And Jesus even said in John 17, God, Father, I have given them the same glory that you gave me. See, Jesus gives us his life. When you receive Christ, he literally comes inside of you. And now you can live like him. So I urge you, Paul says, live a life worthy of God. How do I do that? Well, he calls you into his kingdom, which means he's calling you to let him be the king of your life, follow him. And he's calling you into his glory where you start to live a life of love and service and humility and sacrifice, peace and joy, everything that's right about Jesus. That's how we do it. So can I, I, I just want to take a moment right now and just say, hey, let God show you, even right here in this moment. Do you know ways where right now, if, if you looked at your life or if somebody else looked at your life and they would say, I don't know. Well, they don't even need to say it. I think you know inside your own heart. Are you living in his kingdom? Are you living, are you giving your life for him? Are you giving everything you've got for him? And if there's anything right now where you know, you know, I am saying no to God. I'm not living a life worthy of him. I'm living in ways that are not of God. Or he, I don't love, I love many other things more than him. I love people more than him. I love my job more than him. I love recreation more than him. I love my money more than him. Is there anything in your life where you know right now, I'm not living a life worthy of God? And just think about that just for a second. Because here's what I want to tell you. You can. You can live a life worthy of God. So let me go back to the passage and I'm gonna just show you what, what Paul says here in 1 Thessalonians chapter two. He says, for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. Three things here, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God. So let me unpack this for you a second. Let me, let me just take you as a father, like, and that's what Paul was in this position. He saw himself as, as a father towards this church. He said, I encourage you and I comfort you and I urge you to do this. So as your pastor and somebody who's helping you today, hopefully live a life worthy of God, let me, let me show you these three things. Here's the first one, encouraging you. Now this word means to actually draw to one's side. I, you guys, I cannot tell you, I cannot count how many times I have taken my kids and pulled them to my side and literally I'm just saying, you can do this. You can do this. There's so many times where my kids doubt or they're fearful, they're not sure if they have what it takes. 
And I'm telling you, it's one thing to stand there from a distance and go, hey, you know, you can do this or maybe, but if you pull someone to your side, if you take your kids right there and as a dad say, you can do this, man, it breeds strength. That's what encouragement does. It gives you courage. And Paul says, as a father, I wanna encourage you that you can do this. And I have a verse for you today that I think for me personally is one of the most encouraging verses that helps me to know I can actually live a life worthy of God. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Here's what it says. So all of you, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. Do you guys see this? All of us who've had the veil removed, which means the separation from God <clears throat> is now gone and God and us are reconciled. That's what salvation, when salvation happened, we were living apart from God. But then when Jesus Christ died for us on the cross, forgave us all of our sins, it says the veil that was separating us from God is gone and now God is actually living inside of us. And it says that all of us who've had that veil removed and so that God and you are now, you're actually born of the spirit of God. If that's you today, he says, then you can see and you can reflect the glory of the Lord. You can reflect it. You can actually, God called you into his glory and the scripture says, and you can do this. And then it says, how? Because we are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. You guys, if I could do anything, and we should be doing this for each other all the time, is pulling each other to our sides. It's like, again, this is why life together is so important. Because you don't get that in, right now in a video if you're sitting here watching this by yourself, or even if, I mean, in our auditorium, you can come to an auditorium and you don't get the beauty of someone coming alongside you and saying, you can do this and reminding you, it's not because you're so great, but it's because you've been reconciled to God and the spirit of God is now inside of you and he actually transforms you into the image of Jesus, into glory, into love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and forgiveness. And it all comes from the spirit. Can I, I as a father to you, I wanna say, hey, you can do this. But it's not because you've got what it takes, it's because you have the spirit of God and he is doing it in you. Be encouraged to give your life and to live it worthy of God. So that's the first one. And then he says, but I also as a father, I'm comforting you. I'm comforting you. This is a fascinating one. It's basically when as a dad, and again, I've done this innumerable times, you bring your kids to you and you say this, it's gonna be okay. So get up and do it again. It's gonna be okay. This word comfort is actually a very interesting word. It means to console, it means to soothe or to comfort, but it has a purpose to this word. You do that, and this was the, the actual definition, to stimulate an earnest discharge of duties. In other words, somebody has something they're supposed to do, but you actually, somehow they need comfort 
and they need soothing, they need you to come alongside them and console them. And you know when you guys, when have I had to do this with my kids? It's when they failed. It's how many times on the soccer field or my, or my daughter who's in the arts or my son who's doing the, his uh, skateboarding or his art, how many times have they feel like they've blown it? And when you feel like you've blown it, you know what? You're like, I can't do this. And what do you do as a dad? You come along and you bring him next to you and you say, hey, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. So get up and do it again. You comfort so that the person will discharge the duty. What's our duty here? To live lives worthy of God. And some of you right now, I'm sure are sitting there and saying, Dave, you have no idea. I've so blown it. Okay, let me comfort you with two passages. Here's the first one. First John 2, 1 and 2 says this. My dear children, <laughs> what a perfect thing. I'm writing this to you so that you won't sin. That is, that is my admonition to you. I don't want you to sin. I don't want you to screw up. I don't want you to mess up. I do it with my own children. God does it with us. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. You guys, we can all do this for each other. How do we comfort each other to live a life worthy of God? You remind each other, yes, we, 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 we seek to live lives worthy of God. But if we fail, if you sin, don't forget, you have an advocate to the Father who speaks in your defense. Holy God, Holy Father, this person put their faith in me and all of their sins are forgiven. I'm telling you, it's gonna be okay, but get up, get back up and do it again. And here's the other verse to comfort you, to comfort you, which is also an encouragement to live a life worthy of God. Philippians 1.6 says, I am certain, I am assured, other verse, versions say, I am confident that God who began the good work within you will continue in his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Man, this is one of the most hopeful statements. If you're discouraged, if you're beating yourself up, if you're feeling like a loser spiritually, if you feel like God has anything to do with you because you failed, you need to be comforted, soothed, consoled with this truth. You didn't start the work anyway. God began the work in you. He called you. And if he began the work, he will carry it on to completion. Be encouraged. You can do this. Be comforted. It's okay. It's okay. Get back up and do it again. And then lastly, Paul says, I urge you. I urge you. And here's where he's just saying, go do it. It's just like, just do it. And the definition of this word, you guys, it's a summons as a witness. So in other words, if you get summoned to be a witness, you don't have a choice. You just have to, you have to go do this. And there are times when as a dad, you don't just say, hey, you can do this or 
comfort them and say, get back up. There are times when your kids are being lazy, (laughs) disinterested, disobedient, negligent. And when that happens as a dad, if you're a good dad, then you get strong and you just come to them and say, listen, I don't care how you feel. You're going to do this. Now, it's true. You can't make your children do this. (laughs) But if they don't, what happens? There are consequences. And so this is what, it got, what Paul is saying as well. I'm urging you as your dad. I'm telling you, I'm summoning you, you need to do this. And part of the reason I see, think he's saying this is because if you don't, there are consequences. Let me just give you a few. See, every time we say no to God and we don't go into his kingdom and we stay in our own way, Jesus says, every time you say yes to his kingdom, he goes, he who has will be given more. In other words, every step of faith you take, God actually gives you more of a faith and more strength spiritually. But every time we say no to him, Jesus says, and he who doesn't have what he had will be taken away from him. What he's basically saying is every time we say no to God, this is why Paul is urging us, is because when we say no, we actually harden our heart towards God. So you guys, there is no neutrality When God is asking you, calling you into his kingdom and to his glory, and you say yes, it actually strengthens your relationship with him. But every time you say no, it hardens your heart towards him. So Paul's urging us, I'm urging you, you guys, you got to do this. (laughs) Because if you don't, it hardens and it hurts your relationship. And then what are the other consequences is, If you're lacking in the kingdom, if you're not walking in God's ways and not walking in the glory of Jesus, it doesn't just hurt your own life. It hurts everybody around you. It it, it affects your family. It affects your coworkers, your friends. It affects our witness. Those of us who are followers of Jesus, God says, I want the world to see my glory in you so you draw them to me. But if we're not walking that way, then people don't actually get drawn to Jesus. It even affects the church where we need to be gathering together right now, loving each other, encouraging each other, comforting each other, urging each other. And so why Paul is saying, you got to do this, you guys, is because it's not just about you. It's about everybody around you. And then the last consequence, uh, there's more. But there's also a verse that just says, you know, some people are going to be saved because they put their faith in Christ. But as those who are just escaping through the flames, And you will enter into heaven and you will have nothing to show. Nothing eternal to take with you. Man, I tell you, none of us are going to want that. So you guys, you are so valuable to God that he would send his son to die. The weight and the worth of your life was worth Jesus coming and giving his life. And then he simply says, and so now give me your life. I love you, love me. Come into my kingdom, come into my glory. And if you do, you will find your life. Man, I encourage you, you can do this. I want to comfort you. It's okay if you haven't been. Jesus will forgive you, but get back up and 
do it again. And I urge you, the world needs us. The world needs you and me, all of us, to live lives worthy of God. Because then we'll reveal his glory and we'll bring blessing to this world. God is worth it, you guys. He is so worth it. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help every one of us speak to each one of us, God, and help us to know where it is that we need to say yes to you, to be in your, to let you be the king of our life where we follow you. God, is there any place we're not following you? And God, help us. Is there any way where we're not living in the glory of Jesus? Show us what that is, God. And then we turn to you. We confess that to you. We thank you that you forgive us and we thank you that you now cleanse us from that and you can empower us to live lives that are worthy of you. And I ask that you do that in Jesus' name, amen.